The Y Curve with Phil Dobby and Roger Hearing. <laughs> All right, are we ready for this? It's Christmas! Well, almost anyway. And of course, <laughs> you've been all earnestly fasting and praying and repenting of course. in preparation for the solemn feast of the birth of the Saviour. Or have you been digging out the Lindor and the Chanel from behind the advent calendar windows, wrapping the best Black Friday iPhone deals and stuffing the largest turkey that survived the flu pandemic? Well, I think we all know. <laughs> so, a good moment to reflect. Whatever happened to Christianity in Britain? 1,425 years ago, after Augustine landed in Kent to convert the heathen English, empty churches are closing and the latest census shows fewer than half the population identify as Christian. More than a third have no religion at all. So is it all up then, here in the UK, for the faith that produced wars and mass executions, as well as some of the world's finest art, architecture and literature and huge projects of social welfare too? Is Britain now a post-Christian society? The Y Curve can I just say, uh, it, was, it was Roger... I don't know, can you say? Yeah, it was Roger who said, do that Slade opener, which is why well, I did... Well, you know, it's you know, appropriate. The, it's Christmas! Yes, yes. I hate that song. But you've I done it already, so that's it. fine. I don't need to... No, we don't need to go... No, the point is... But it is. Are you, ex- are you excited about it? Well, though? I'm excited. I'm always excited about Christmas, but the point is it's Christ Mass. That's what the word is. Mm. So, therefore, it is de facto Christian. I'm, it's a holiday, actually. I'm just thinking it's well, exactly. that, that time of the year where I've been slogging away all year yes. and I get three weeks off. And do you wish people happy holidays do you wish them happy winterval or do you wish them happy christmas happy christmas well there you are, I see that. Yeah. You, are you are partaking in the fact that it is christmas that is a religious festival yeah i yeah but i'm not religious no and, and in that way i am clearly very normal in well, this country yes well becoming you're, you're you're about one of the one of the third aren't you in that mm. in that way but i mean there are lots of other religions out there of course but christianity is still the biggest single denomination in the country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But is that diminishing? I mean, are people just saying it because they always tick the box saying C of E or whatever? Is that actually much enthusiasm? There is clearly in some places, but you, there are so many churches empty now. There are. And why this big change? So we had those numbers. So, mm. I mean, earlier this month, the uh, the census data came out, the, the latest uh, the batch from the 2021 census. The number of people who are Christian has gone from 59% in 2011 to 46% in 2021, from 59% to 46% in, in 10 and years. And a half, and a half. And then those who are saying no religion, from 25% in 2011 to mm-hmm. 37%. Although it could, apparently, it could suggest, so they say, and we'll hear more about this in a moment, that it's people who say, well, I'm not part of a formal religion. It doesn't mean they're actually irreligious, necessarily. Yeah. Perhaps they believe, I don't know, whatever they believe, all yeah. kinds of things that are not part of a formal church. But you know, the, the, the point, I suppose, in all this is that Christianity has made the UK what it is mm. in, in terms of our language, in terms of our some of our ethics, all kinds of things that are part of daily life, which we don't associate with religion necessarily, particularly those of us who are agnostic. But it is part of that. But that whole question of values is an important one, isn't it? Mm. Because if we hadn't gone through that phase, would we have the values that we've got today? And I think most people would say, well, most of the values mm. uh, that uh, that Christianity and most religions stand for, mm. you know, I agree with. Mm. Uh, and, you know, we all want to be good people. Yeah. We, won't, it, be, you know, we want to be good people, not because we're going to be looked after in the afterlife. We just like to be good people because it seems the right thing to do, don't yeah, we? That's true. But the underlying fact, you know, how we were brought up, education, certainly in a lot of places, and the fact that 
where did these? There is an established church in mm. England, at least England mm. and Wales. Mm. So, and in Scotland. So you've got a, a situation where one church, the Christian Church, a branch of the Christian Church, is established with legal responsibilities. I mean, and that seems insane when you have fewer than half the population who adhere to any of that. Mm. Yeah, and you know why aren't people going to? Why even if people are religious, they're not going to church. Why is that? That that says mm. it's it's somehow out of date. It doesn't fix with fit with people's lifestyle. Either people are too busy or they just don't like being preached at, perhaps. You know, well, maybe maybe it's too extreme. Let's drill into all that. We're joined now by Abby Day, Professor of Race, Faith and Culture at Goldsmiths University of... So, uh, Abby, I know you've looked at how beliefs have changed across several generations, I think, haven't you, as part of your, part of your research. So in that, what, what have you found? I mean, we, we know that, you know, people are becoming less religious, there's less people going to church, but have you found reasons for that and, uh, and, 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 and other underlying causes which have, you know, seen this behavioural shift? Yes, thanks. And, and those are great questions because, um, sure, we can look at numbers and uh, I'm not a statistician, but I try to look at the what's behind the statistics uh, because there is something happening. And I've been studying this since 2001. Uh, reason being, in 2001, it was the first time that the decennial census, which had been going since 1851, had a question mm. on it about religion. And when the results came out, people were kind of surprised to see that 72% of those who answered said they were Christian. And this appeared to be in a country that, you know, most people thought was pretty secular. So I set out to find out why that would be that people might might say they're Christian when, as you mentioned, um, church attendance has been declining, uh, certainly since the 1960s, and all other forms of Christianity in terms of ritual behavior, like baptisms, confirmations, weddings, funerals, all of those have been on the decline. So suddenly 72% popped up and everyone went, wow, what does that mean? So does it mean that, it means that, does, does it I, mean that their mum told them that that's what they should fill in on the on the on the form? Yeah, I mean there, there is. I mean, I, I obviously in a lot of forms you get asked or used to be asked religion. People would tick the C of E button because why By not? Default. Is that part of the problem? Well, I think what was happening then was that there was a bit of overreaction to the question being put on the census, and so a lot of people uh, looked at it and they looked at the fact that people asked about religion really next to a question they asked about ethnicity. So a lot of people went, ah, well, if I'm a you know, white British, then I guess I'm Christian. So when I interview people, what I found out, and I think this is still the same because I've been doing it since 2001 uh, and looking at it generationally, um, from the most elderly generation of Christian women to the baby boomers, to the children, the millennials, to Gen X. And what's happening, I think, certainly, I mean, the top line is there's a statistical decline, sure. Generationally, there is. Because the baby boomers, those people born 1945 to, let's say, 1960, they stopped going to church and they stopped those forms of behavior quite radically in the 1960s. And they never went back to it. So they had some children, a lot of them. Now, we call those the millennials, and sometimes if they're very young, we might call them Generation Z. Do you know, those are the people who are now those who are most likely to say they have no religion. So we've gone from pretty religious to not really religious to no religious in the space of two generations. Mm. And is there a relation in, in that, Abby, also to... 
well, to immigration, to, to, to the fact that we have people in the country who's maybe their parents, their grandparents, whatever came from other cultures, brought other religions. Uh, I mean, there was a lot, I think, of, uh, of input, obviously, from, from the Asian communities and Afro-Caribbean, though, again, maybe they bring in uh, a more push towards Christianity. I mean, was the, was the racial or the makeup of the country changing, reflected in those statistics? Not at all. When we look at them even today, we see from today's, sorry, even nowadays, I mean, even nowadays, we can see that they're very small numbers, right? Um, the most recent statistics show that uh, Muslims are something like 6.5%, 6.5% of the population. So that doesn't, that doesn't nearly come anywhere to the decline that we see from 2001 to 2021 through those decades. The census measures this, and the 2021 results showed that Christianity is now ticked by 46% of those who answer, right? 72% 2001, 59% 2011, 46% 2021. And that's not because they defected to another religion. It's because they died off. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder how much of it is is um, sort of an end to tradition. Because I feel I'm not at all religious, but I do feel a bit sad that as a society we are less religious because I think it's quintessentially English to have the you know the the local church with the pub next door and uh, you know people going in there on a on a on a Sunday it's all part of English country life uh, you know and city life as well of course and it seems a bit of a, sh- a shame if that tradition is is dying uh, but you know and I'd love to uh, see it. See it survive. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it, just, it's just the problem is that religion gets tied yeah, up in is, church is it, as well. <laughs> is, is it religion that's dying or tradition that's dying? I suppose mm. that's the distinction. Oh, definitely religion. Now, I've interviewed these folk over about probably over time, probably about 300, uh, right from the elderly generation of people uh, who are now really dying off to their baby boomers to their children. I think it's a turn to a more ethical way of believing and behaving. So, younger people, the baby boomers and the millennials, felt very strongly that the church was really getting very immoral, that they were doing things that reacted to people, people responded to and thought, wait a minute, what is this about? Because it took ages for the Church of England to recognize at all women in the, in the role of priests, let alone bishops. They finally got around to that. And they have been fighting solidly against recognizing same-sex marriages. So, you know, younger people are, are pretty switched on nowadays and pretty moral. And they just say, well, who are you to tell us that we can't be equal and you're not being equal? And well, not being diverse, even the Archbishop of Canterbury, you know, well be fessed up a couple of years ago and said, yes, the Church of England is institutionally racist. Well, young people today are not institutionally racist. Why would they want to belong to an institution like that? And was it also perhaps the? I mean, there've been a whole series of scandals, of course, in the Catholic Church and Church of England, child abuse, this kind of thing. Has that, do you think, played a part in in the ideas about it? I think so. I think that's called to play a part because there's nothing really the church is doing that makes younger people go, "Oh, yes, those are really values I want to stand up for." I mean, as you say, there's been terrible examples of abuse and complicity with the institution. And you think about things like tradition. What I what I find that you know young people quite like, and I've interviewed them and their parents. Everybody's up for that. You know, if you go to a lot of town centres, even small villages, they have their switching on of the light ceremony. I mean, people flock to that. That's their kind of village tradition. And also, Christmas Eve carol services are still popular. That's a sort of 
you know, nostalgic tradition. Don't mind turning up once a year to say, you know, silent night. But that doesn't mean I'm going to turn up again the next Sunday. So yeah. it's, in a way, it's taking the religion out of these things. And, and well, I suppose they could survive purely as traditions without any religious element at all. But also you said people are turning away from the church because they and, and, and you know, I can understand why that they don't hold the same values that is being uh, being portrayed by the church or the church perhaps isn't holding to traditional Christian values by by some of its behavior. So that's different to people saying they don't believe in God. Isn't it? You well, know, they... not really, because when they, view, when they do interviews with people and surveys about people, you're right. There's quite a range. So you might have people who say they don't have any religion, but they believe in, well, something, you know, maybe some kind of higher power. What I found was really interesting is a number of atheists who believe in ghosts. Because in you know, one sense, you think, oh, atheists, who are these people? Uh, you know, what, hyper-rational? They're not going to do this. But why not? And why wouldn't they? What they're saying being atheist is atheos, right? They don't believe in God. Doesn't mean they don't believe in grammar. And I find that a lot of people with no religion might still believe in the presence of their deceased relatives. They don't they don't worship them. They don't create a shrine to them, but they might feel their presence sometimes. And other people might feel, you know, I feel very, very moral, but I don't think I'm I'm moral in a, as you said, Christian values. Well, what are Christian values if not social values? I mean, really? Well, the Ten Commandments aren't even Christian, right? I mean, they, they appeared first in the Hebrew Bible. So monotheistic religions sign up the Ten Commandments. But the first four commandments are to do with your relationship with God. Well, okay, things like, you know, I believe in God the Father Almighty. And the last six to ten are about social commandments. And who's going to say no to those? Who's going to say, oh, no, it's okay to steal or, you know, lie or, I don't know, all kill. those things mm. are the kind of standard morality. Is that because we're becoming a society that doesn't need the underpinning of if you do that, you'll be smitten by God or you'll go to hell? That we just, perhaps as a society, I hesitate to say, have become more sophisticated, but maybe we have, and we simply think some things are right, whether or not you'll go to hell if you or, do. Or we don't, don't need do to be, or we don't need to be preached at. You know, they're sort of taken as as standard. We understand it. We don't need somebody preaching at us, and so that's why we don't go to church anymore. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's a really great point. We don't want people preaching at us. I think that's really true. People nowadays would feel, well, of course you don't steal from somebody. That's wrong. And there are consequences, right? We don't necessarily go to hell, but we go to jail. But so, yeah, I think people sort of after a while figured that we don't need the big stick of the pretend God in the sky that's going to beat us up. It's just a dumb idea to steal from people. But those are the those are things that have underpinned most societies, right? I mean, forever, Societies get on because they don't kill each other. They don't steal each other's wives. They, you know, adultery thing. And these are these are basic human values. And I think when I interviewed people and asked them what their morals were, I mean, most people said the Ten Commandments. But when I pressed them a little bit, no, actually, they said about, about two commandments. Really, most people go along with that: Thou shalt not kill. <laughs> thou shalt not steal. You yeah. know, but those are the ones that are underpinning most religions, mm. most societies. Yeah. Well, so, well, yes, yeah, sex before marriage, you know, I mean, that's, well. uh, that's a pretty hard one to push. And honouring your mother and father, you know, if they didn't treat you that well, why would you do that? And, uh, you know, you shall not make idols. Well, you know, bad news for the Kardashians on that front, isn't it? I mean, we're all about the age of celebrity. I wonder how much that's got to do with it all as well. Yeah, and, and Abby, what about the, the broader picture on this? Because we said about Christianity as a whole, but of course, you know, there's the Church of England, which many people think is in terminal decline, but there are also Catholics, there are the... Um, the 
non-conformist churches. Many of them have very enthusiastic and, in fact, uh, intended to attract a younger uh, congregation kind of arrangements. I mean, are there differences or, or is it Christianity overall exactly the same? They're all going down the pan. Oh, you're right. No, people have, don't have those choices where they take a box on the census. It's just, you know, Christian. But you're right. There is internal variation. There are some very vibrant churches. Yes, there are some churches, particularly in London. You might see large churches in London that are very charismatic, very Pentecostal. Um, they, they, they fill up arenas of people who are singing and, and having a very kind of emotional time that would not be reflected in the Church of England, certainly. So yes, there's pockets of sustainability, but overall, the overall picture, yes, the overall picture is one of decline with, with quite a lot of regional variation, quite a lot of congregational variation. But I think it's important we don't make the mistake to think, oh, well, maybe if we got our music right, a lot of people would turn up at our churches. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if, if a twelve-year-old's never been to church, they're not going to turn up because you got a guy in the front strumming a guitar all of a sudden. Well, you say that. I mean, I can think of some twelve-year-olds who might. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, people. Well, you might have detected if you listened closely that my accent isn't English. Ah, where are you from, Abby? <laughs> I'm originally from Canada. All right, like ah. a long time ago. I don't know what happened. My accent stays the same, but um, <laughs> the Canadian landscape is very similar to what happens here in the UK and the similar sorts of generational change that are going on. And you'll find, again, the same sort of generational change going on, though perhaps a little more slowly, in the United States. You'll find the same processes going on in Northern Europe. So there's there's differences, of course, between Catholicism, Protestantism, and those are changing in different countries in different ways. But I think the other form of Christianity that's on the increase is one I have always been really worried about. It came out when I first started doing this research, 2001, and I think it's got worse. And that's the thought of Christianity, that somebody says, oh, well, I'm a Christian because, like, this is a Christian country and we shouldn't let anybody else in. That forms a, a sort of Christian populism that is a very kind of, you know, very, very right wing, very conservative in the U.S. coming through very strongly as a sort of Christian nationalism. And these are people who never darkened the door of a church, but it's a form of cultural identity that they are using in order to have their argument about, you know, white people being the master race. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if they don't go as far as that master race argument, I know exactly what you're talking about it because it certainly is the case in this country now, isn't it? And it's it's been it's got worse over the last 10 years, that's for sure. But I mean, a, a lot of that is, you know, fears of other religions, isn't it? And it's and it, it, it and, and it's, you know, so looking at Muslims and looking at Sharia law. It's fear of culture and, rather than religion, isn't it? But it's but it's then looking at the fundamentals of those religions in a way that they don't look at the fundamentals of the, their own religion or the, the religion they, they don't follow, but they purport to. You know, we're Christians, but we're not going to look at fundamentalist Christian, but we will look at fundamental uh, Islam. So we'll look at Sharia law and banning homosexuality and, uh, you know, men being the only witnesses of crimes and all of those, uh, you know, abhorrent things that, that, that in their religion probably aren't practiced in the mainstream. Uh, but so it's an easy hit, isn't it, for racists, basically? Well, it's an easy hit for racists, but there's something else going on because the same people, the same political parties, like you see on the rise in, in Europe as well, uh, are not just racist. They're also very patriarchal. They're also very against women. Look at the rollback in abortion rights in the US. Mm. That was really driven by evangelical Christians who are also wanting to drive out anybody who's not, in their eyes, straight. 
So, you know, they're very anti-LGBTQ+, very vociferous about that. So, it's you know, it's not even just racism. It's not just other religions. It's kind of a reassertion of what some people might feel is their kind of natural order. And that usually boils down to being, you know, white and male. Well, you, you mentioned about the United States, and many people think, I mean, you said it's a similar pattern in Canada and U.S. to what it is here, but many people say U.S. is clearly a much more religious society, at least on the uh, on the outward face, and, and more Christian. Do you think that's not the case? Well, it is a case in cert- to certain numbers. So they don't have a religion question on their census, so it's not, it's not easy to directly compare. And again, there's huge variations in the country. But when we look at the broader scale, we can see that they do have the same trend going on, that they do have a decrease in people who will affiliate as Christians. They do have an increase in those people who say they have no religion. I think it's slightly slower than here. And and it's weaponized. Okay, Donald Trump, for example. Now, really, not the sort of guy you would think, oh, wow, you know, here's a really Christian with high morals. And all of a sudden, you know, he's standing there with his Bible. But he was very canny. He realized if he could get the fundamentalist Christian right behind him, he would get elected, and indeed he did. And when they voted for him, they were they were talked into it really by one of their leaders who said, look, okay, he's not like a Christian like us, but he will be giving us what we want politically. And he promised them a couple of things politically they wanted. They wanted to have a, a higher presence in Israel because most of them are very strongly pro-Israeli, and they wanted to roll back rights for uh, about abortion. They wanted to roll back rights for LGBTQ+, which is exactly what Trump delivered. So do you think that we that things are becoming polarised then, that people are either saying, well, I want nothing to do with the church because look at where it's going, and I'm you know, i not really that religious. You know, I might believe that there's a, there's a higher being, but I'm not going to follow any formal religion. Uh, and, and then the other side, you've, you, you've got this, the, the right-wing nutjobs that you're describing who are, you know, who are saying, yes, well, I'm going to hang on to Christianity because I because some of the because of the values because, not because, because of the because of fundamental values mm. yeah that's right which I can which I can hang on to you know those fundamental values that the rest of the population are saying well they're quite abhorrent actually well also I think you've got a third thing there I think those are good categories to start with but I think there's a third one and that's the sort of generation Z those you know twenty somethings who were raised completely without religion and a lot of research will show us something I think is more interesting than even the nut job thing. And that is, they just don't care. They just don't get it. So it's not even being anti-religion. It's just kind of like, what? It's not even on the radar. Yeah, so, what's it? Do, what's it got to do with me, sort of thing? That, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, just just a, a, a couple of weeks back, uh, Abby, we were talking to uh, some people on Northern Ireland on the issue in Northern Ireland, and there, characteristically, uh, it has always been portrayed as a religious issue, fundamentally between Protestants and Catholics, and yet again, the generation said you're talking about coming up there. Uh, maybe it is nothing to do with religion, but the tension is there, uh, and and the labels are still there. Uh, no but popery on one but side, but and... it's dying out, though, isn't it? That, well, that, that, that I don't divide. Know. It's the same as you know, football teams used to be like in Liverpool, Liverpool and Everton. Used is, to be it, a, is it just a label? Well, I think it's just that attitude is because people are caring less about religion. So the you know whether you're Protestant or Catholic. Well, in Northern Ireland, perhaps... still seems to make a difference. Abby, mm. is there different data from there? Yeah, there is different data, but and they are they they do come up stronger than the uh, 
than England and Wales, but also the complication of looking at something like the national census, the complication is that there are three different questions for the uh, censuses in Scotland, in England and Wales and Northern Ireland. So the England and Wales question, and okay, England and Wales is most popular, so it does get all the attention, but the question, the question is, what is your religion? Now, I mean, I, I tell, ask my first year students, what's wrong with that question? And they go, uh, why? Because it assumes you've got one. It's a very skewed question. And it doesn't tell us anything, really. What is your religion? Tick the box. But in Scotland, in Northern Ireland, there's a different question. They say, do you have a religion you belong to? And that's, that's a very a interesting distinction, isn't it? Very interesting distinction. And so there you might find, you know, you'll go, whoa, well, wait a minute here. Um, maybe not what I belong to. So what is your religion is not the best question. I, I'm on the academic advisory board for the Office for National Statistics. I'd love to get rid of the question, but you know, they want to see they want to see comparability over time. So I know they're not going to change the question, but we always have to consider that how how loaded it is to say that. And that it is very, it's just over simplistic to then say, well, tick these boxes, or you can write in other. I don't you know if you remember back in 2001, there was a huge oh. campaign. People wrote in other. You, you're talking about the Jedi, I think, Jedi, aren't you? Exactly. Mm. <laughs> I remember that very well. Yes, the, the Star Wars reference. Yeah. Um, so it, then I, what I happened think... 10 years later, do you think? Well, well, just on that point, I think I remember seeing somewhere that because a certain number had written down Jedi Knight, the government had to put... Jedi, Dan is a Some kind of, uh, I think he was even funding. I could be completely no, wrong. No, but even, no, no. Uh, perhaps no. it wasn't funding, but there was some st no, statutory obligation that came no. from it. No. Ah. no. Okay. No, it was a nice, it was a wish list. No, there's no statutory ah. obligation and nothing happened as a result. Oh, of right. Okay. There, I'm corrected. <laughs> no, no, but it's interesting you say that because everybody thinks that. <laughs> that was put out there. It's a very strong impression that was put out there. And, and in its defense, might be slightly confused because there was the Scottish census, a lot of the pagans, people put in pagan, and the you, the Scottish Pagan Federation wanted those numbers counted and they had them counted. So it, it did show that there were a number of people who did that, but no, it didn't get them anything. But what did happen 10 years later is the number of people who ticked, who wrote in Jedi dropped. And I have always thought that's because they um, grew up. <laughs> or just, or just they didn't know what Star Wars was. You it know, was it's a, exactly you know, generation yeah, 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 so from the Marvel they, universe. They, they watched exactly that's exactly. right. It was it Captain, was a, Captain, it, it, Captain but, America. But, also, but a serious point here. Okay, and I'm not saying that Jedi people who believe in Jedi don't exist. There is a small proportion of people who do actually believe in that, and and you know that that's that's different. But there was, but what I think was happening there wasn't just you know young men being being silly. It was actually a bit of a protest movement. People saying, whoa, why should I be asked about a religion? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is interesting because, as you say, that generation that says it is literally nothing to do. I'm not remotely interested. I mean, my two children, who are in their late teens, early 20s, have absolutely no interest whatsoever. As you say, it's not even on their agenda. But is there, is there a danger that uh, we, we get to the stage where if you are religious, you are almost an extremist so that uh, you know because it, it was a joke when I was growing up it was you know I, I my mum and dad would take I don't think my dad believed in God at all uh, he's he's found out now because he you know he died uh, 15 years ago so he'll know the answer to that question as to what happens later but um, but I mean we used to go to church 
my mum was more religious than he was and uh, and you know he'd always go don't wait it's the Church of England it's got nothing to do with religion uh, you know we went in with the vicar we weren't even sure that he believed in God it was all just part of you know English country with this was in an English village English village life and it, it would be sad wouldn't it if those churches which were just part of the community became symbols of more extremist sentiment you know and uh, because the because the moderates are sort of no longer involved in the church we only get this, the extreme extreme symbol. wing of the uh, church of england that and would that be whole tradition of religion uh, which is was made up of a lot of people who weren't necessarily particularly religious mm. uh, have now been sort of cast aside for for whatever reason and maybe it is the way you know that they we just had I remember there were some vicars who 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 were Bible bashers. Mm, there will be some, and, but Abby, I suppose that the point is: is there a risk that the people who are Christian, as the, they are now the minority, become also therefore? Um, well, I think my question is: is, is, is yeah, is it the religion just being left to the extremists, and not the moderates anymore? Well, that's a very good point. You know, and I certainly share your sentiments about these small country churches. I I studied them quite a lot, and particularly the generation of, of women who were not women priests, they didn't want to be priests, but like, you know, my mother's generation, uh, most of them have died off now. Uh, I interviewed them when they were in their late, you know, 80s and 90s. And they were the ones who cleaned the churches, put out the flowers, you know. Made scones for after. You know, and, that yeah. really important community binding, you know, social yeah. thing. And when I did my research with baby boomers just now, just finished that, and they were talking about when they went to church as kids. And they said, yeah, it was a social thing, right? And I think you're right. That those churches had a real social function now that those people have died off and certainly in the villages are not being replaced I, that's an interesting question i think you might be going somewhere there that what is left is people who are becoming who are and some of the very strong evangelical very fundamentalist wings of any religion and of any religion right there's there's there's, there's more it's more likely that a very uh, conservative muslim has much more in common with a very conservative uh baptist christian than they do with liberal Muslims and that the Baptist Christian would with liberal Christians. So within each religion, yeah, there's a continuum, right? Of from very liberal to very conservative. And what I think is, is interesting is how the very conservative members of most religions agree with each other. They're the ones who agree that we shouldn't have abortion, we shouldn't have LG, LGBTQ plus rights. They're the ones who are saying, oh no, no, we shouldn't have divorce. You know, so they actually should all get together. So, <laughs> so, so and if they, do does... they go to church, though? That's the question. And if they do, do we crowd them out with moderates? Maybe that's there. This Christmas Day, well, you know, go to church, even though you might not normally, and just crowd out the, for, uh, for the one, extremists. one day a year. And Gabby, how does this look? How does, what does a post-Christian UK look like? Because at the moment we have an established church, technically, um, where when people have ceremonies, whether it's the uh, the rem remembrance, the First World War, whatever it is, the, the, what it all circulates around is the Anglican Church and uh, the Church of Scotland in Scotland, Church of Wales. That has to go if people are no longer mainly Christian, isn't well, that right? I don't know. You know, the church is pretty good at maintaining itself in that role. When the Queen died, for example, now the Queen was the governor of the Church of England. So what did we see? We saw the, the church taking on the fundamental leading role in those in those observances as as they needed to because that was her church right so the church of england was was out there um so that will still continue as long as we have a monarch we will have that link with the church but you know a lot of people object to things like for example that we have in the house of lawrence there's 26 places for clergy for bishops from the churches not from any other religion 
They're from well, only from one church. I mean, it's, it's the Anglican. It's uh, just bishops. the absolutely just the Anglican Church. And one little factoid I like is that the UK is one of only two countries in the world that has places reserved in their government for religious clergy. Do you know what the other one is? I'm going to guess it's Iran. Oh, you stole my story. It's Iran. <laughs> Sorry about that. So there we no, go. Just, we got something in yeah, common I was there. just reflecting that the, uh, the long beards of some of the Ayatollahs, uh, that actually many of them would probably share a lot of social attitudes with people on the Christian right these certainly, days. Absolutely, certainly would. And so I think I, I think you're right. We do have the question, well, what, what that happens? But, but things happen anyway. For example, I was just thinking, because, you know, when, it's, when these little villages turn on their lights, everybody goes out and does stuff. There's lots of community groups that do, that do things all the time. The church hasn't been the center of life for a long time, and it's clung to that power it has, in the certainly in the House of Lords, and also in education. They still have schools, what, like 30% of primary schools are run by the Church of England? But that has to go, doesn't it? I mean, you can't have a minority religion running all these things, surely. Well, the church would disagree with you, of course, to say that that was long their role. And most people kind of go along with it. The times they get upset about it, which is, I understand, are times when, for example, these Church of, school, church of England schools get overcrowded. And then suddenly they, they do start to discriminate on the basis of religion. So they'll say, well, we'll let your child in here, but you will have had to go to church for the previous two years. Now, I've been studying these churches, and you know what? It looked a bit like Starbucks. You walk into some of these churches on a Sunday, and I'd be thinking, wow, how come there's so you know many sort of 20-something women here? And then they'd hand out their card, and the minister would stamp it, you know, like Starbucks, to prove that they had been there, because they wanted their child to go to that Church of England school. Now, there's a lot of arguments. The Humanist UK have been on it. Uh, you know, what is it about a state-funded school that you're allowed to discriminate on the basis of religion? Yeah, yeah. Because there are Catholic schools as well that are state schools. Less so, and, and less so Muslim mm. schools. But Church of England is the most, and then, and then there are a couple of other denominations. But, you know, that's a serious question. How can we have a state-funded schooling system that people can be discriminated against on the basis of their religion? And, and particularly when we're talking about school, I mean, there's so much conflict, isn't there, between religi religious and schooling, like science, you know. I mean, it's, there's, if, I mean, it depends how hardline you are in terms yes. of your interpretation of the Bible. as well, of course. Uh, all of that, yeah. But did God really create the world in, mm. in six days? And, you know, it was such... Well, I don't was, think many religious schools would teach that they did. did. But, I mean, again, it depends on how fundamentalist you become, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, a lot of it is, you know... But, it, but it, And, and that, that, that's the thing, when, when, when it gets taught at school, when religion gets taught at school. I mean, it is largely symbolism, isn't it? I mean, I think that's where religion goes wrong. And, and so that great line from Monty Python, you know, oh. blessed, blessed are the cheesemakers. Oh, he's not to be taken literally. He's, he's talking yeah. about the manufacturers of dairy, dairy products in general. Um, but, you know, that, that idea that so much religion is taken um, not as symbolism, but as, uh, as, as the hard truth is, is, is the well, problem. Well, that's the dividing line often between... Uh, and if we are right now seeing more extreme uh, Christianity we need to pull that back, and and maybe that's the way the church wins back some more some more appeal. If they can if they can appeal to people based on uh, that sense of tradition, uh, and that a lot of what's in the Bible is really symbolism, and that is 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 teaching us values, and do, does that in a fun way that's playing on the tradition and, and an important part of the community. There may be people who go, well, I'm not totally religious, but I will go to church a bit more now because uh, that's just never going to happen. You don't think, do, do you think this is a one-way street, Abby? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, because, I mean, 
I'm a sociologist, so I look at society, religion as a part of society. And so I think some of my theories would apply there as well, which is over time, religion is something that is usually acquired by people through their early childhood and upbringing. Okay, there are some there are some converts, of course there are, but, but not many. Most people are born and raised to be religious if they're religious. So if that's not happening, that's not going to change. You're not going to find sudden generational shift three generations from now People wake up one morning and go, oh, I know, let's all get ready. But we're not in a hurry to give up Christmas, though, are we? But Christmas is fun, and Christmas is family. And that's where, you know, I mean, the, the, the church should really, and does often get behind that, but seriously, be much more exuberant about their carol services and much more welcoming. That's what people want. They want a but bit that's of the social. That's the social side. And that was one other point I wanted to make, Abby, which is that historically, and fairly recently too, Religions, Christianity in particular, have had huge social impact in terms of, well, going all the way from having orphanages that, okay, didn't have a great reputation in the end, but lots of social programs putting in effort to help now perhaps soup kitchens and food banks and all that kind of thing, which is motivated by people gathering together in the name of religion. If that goes, that's going to be a social loss, isn't it? Oh, that has, that's gone generations ago. That went decades ago. Really? Okay, the church now benefited in one way because they're big, huge buildings, so they were happy to open up some of them for food banks. But they haven't been providing social services for a long time. And when they have been, it's been you know very much in tandem with government. And most people who are philanthropists are not Christians, they're Muslims. So if you look at char- charitable giving and, and volunteering, it's not so much Christians. So that's it's not going to change. People still volunteer for secular reasons. It's not it's not religion that makes people volunteer. It's like, you know, people think, well, without religion, will we all be immoral? As if what? I mean, atheists? Atheists don't believe in, in God, but they still believe in good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just in one final question in your in your research, did you find that people become more religious as they get older? When they do nope. No, no, no. Because again, that's mistaking. I think we look at some statistics. People will say, "Oh, look, these statistics show older people are more religious." Yeah, but that's They've those same been. people that were religious when they were younger. They yeah. just got older. Yeah. So it's not. It's not. It's not people getting been. older and thinking, "Well, better." And maybe actually, yes, it's, it's, maybe. The, it's the Pascal it's a, thing. I might as well believe because it might do me good, and if <laughs> and not believing yeah, won't hurt. Pascal's wager. I always figured it was a bit so touchy because don't they figure out that God would know they were doing that wager? <laughs> <laughs> this is where <laughs> Pascal. I would say he wasn't paying. He was. He wasn't paying attention. He's a busy. He's a busy bloke, you know, or busy woman, whatever bloke, it is. Well, yes. Yeah. Now, don't tempt yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Another problem as well. Abby, thanks so much for being with us. That was uh, really, really interesting insights into why and, people still believe, if they do, and the fact that so many don't. And Abby, Merry Christmas. Merry hey, Christmas. Merry Christmas, and thanks for your your interesting conversation here. Really loved it. So yeah, Merry Christmas. Thanks. Bye. So what are you doing for Christmas? Are you uh, well, so eating and drinking, really, um, yeah. mainly. I think that's that's, oh. that's the main thing in a very religious way, of course. I will be lying on a beach somewhere in yes. in Australia. But, you, you know, not to rub that in. Yes. No. No. But no. What? So we predict that you will be having a rather nice, uh, yes, relaxed Christmas. And I think predictions really. Oh, well, we'll we still be. Yeah, I will. I'll be over there, but I'm still over yeah. here at the same time. And let me make wonders of technology. Let me make another prediction which is next week whether you're here or not we will be talking about predictions what's coming up in 2023 yes well and you were sort of going into 2023 thinking 
Can mm. it be any worse mm. than 2022? Because 2022 was. Well, who would predict it at war in Europe? <laughs> I know. I mean, we the don't. Queen even... dying. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway. Yeah. And we, you know, and every year, this last, this decade, the 20s, mm. it just every year seems to get worse, doesn't it? So can it get any worse? This is an um, old man talking. It will be lovely. <laughs> and we will find out just how lovely next week when we find out what the experts think is right. going to happen in 2023. Okay, so, so have a great Christmas and we'll see you next week. The Why Curve.